Well, I originally got into the hospitality industry to earn money while I was at uni. Social life, it's my life, it's good fun, meet his people. The top jobs, I would say... I would want to be a licensee. Opening a small wine bar of my own. Why? 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 My name is Luke Butler and you're listening to the Why Hospitality Podcast. Today's episode is a little bit different and it's the first of the candidate series in which we will be presenting specific candidates to the market, uh, who are people that we are working with um, to essentially secure their next opportunity and uh, they will be infrequent but we're taking this opportunity to present an individual by the name of Tom Kime and Tom is a highly experienced uh, executive chef. Uh, he has hosted and produced a number of TV shows. He's written a number of books, cookbooks obviously, um, and is an extremely passionate individual when it comes to sustainable food, um, encouraging and, and educating others on, on how to taste, for example, and you'll hear a little bit more about that in this uh, in the conversation. But uh, essentially what we are doing is taking Tom to market and hoping to broaden awareness within the employment market of uh, his skill set because it is fairly unique. Um, there are not too many people out there in the candidate market with Tom's kind of background and level of experience. So our hope is to um, identify some, some opportunities for Tom and as I said, we're working exclusively with him at the moment. So if after listening to this conversation you have interest in speaking with Tom, then by all means reach out to myself personally. My email address is lukebutler at future-u.com.au and we can arrange a conversation from there. So uh, here is my interview with Tom Kime and hope you enjoy the conversation. Why? So Tom, thanks for joining me. Hello, how are you? Good, mate. Um, so look, we're here with a pretty specific agenda and this is, um, this is the first time we've done this uh, in terms of interviewing uh, to a broad market or presenting an interview to a broad market, someone who is looking for their next opportunity. So, Thank you um, very much. Mate, pleasure to have you here. Best place to start is your background. So do you want to give uh, listeners a, a bit of an overview of what you've done with your career? Absolutely. Um, my name is Tom Kime. I started cooking um, in, in London. I worked at Le Pont de la Tour, 32 chefs, 16 per shift. I became the 33rd one. I worked in mission-style restaurant, uh, the Fulham Road, with Richard Corrigan. I worked with Rick Stein at the Seafood Restaurant in Padstow. I then went to the River Cafe, which was a very formative time for me. Uh, worked alongside Jamie Oliver. Um, we changed the menu every lunch, every dinner. Um, and that was when Jamie, that was before he'd been spotted. Um, regional Italian food, Michelin star, 150 people every day, changing the menu every lunch and every dinner. Um, I then came to Sydney, I worked at Cicada with Peter Doyle, and then another formative experience was working with David Thompson at Darley Street Thai, which really set me off on a love of Asian cuisine. Yep. Um, I've written six books. Um, the first one that I did was uh, really after Working with David Thompson, it was about um, how you eat, how you taste, and how you balance flavor. And that's yep. something that um, forms all of my cooking. But what I worked out is that if you balance your taste and flavor, that you can um, apply that to all types of cuisine. So yep. I've traveled very extensively. I've been to 42 countries. Um, I, I love street food. Um, I filmed with Rick Stein, um, showing him the street food of Hanoi for his Asian Odyssey series. I've done 
five series of Ready Steady Cook. I've done five series of um, uh, kids quiz show called Kitchen Whiz, yep. um, which was on Channel 9, and I've done three of my own TV series. So I love to um, inspire people about food from my travels, and then also take those travels um, and the food that I've had and take them out of that context and apply them to catering and canapes or to food development work, working with supermarkets. Um, I've taken groups of people around Asia to show them Asian street food and then look at how that could be applied to a supermarket snack range and things like that. So for me, um, food and how we interact, people and food is something that is uh, very exciting for yep. me. Um, and uh, I think that goes a lot further than just restaurants and, and uh, that kind of thing. I, I'm very excited about how uh, people shop, how they buy, how they, how they cook at home, how you can um, help them to cook at home but give them lots of um, helping uh, you know, hands in terms of uh, recipes or dishes or marinades or sauces or those kind of things. Yeah, sure. Because I think that a lot of people actually don't really know how to cook. They, they're still quite aspirational. They want to try to learn how to cook. Yeah. But they, um, they need a hand because they don't, they don't learn in the same way that, uh, that, that used to happen. So for me, um, it's about food and people. And it's about um, bringing my experiences around the world and working in manufacturing and restaurants and uh, television and uh, creating recipes to bring that to an everyday audience. Sure. Um, and, and for me, food is, a, it is an everyday thing. It's not a... Uh, it's not just a highbrow experience where you're talking about diver caught scallops and uh, lion caught tuna. It's actually about for the everyday person what they eat, how they feed their family, and yeah. that's that is. I find that very. I find that an exciting challenge. In a commercial sense, um, relative to a business that you might be working for, or yeah. you know, hopefully one that we can help you find, um, have you developed a food? Uh, philosophy or ideology that you would typically um, suggest defines what you do or do you find that you're a bit more flexible than that? I'm, I'm very flexible with, with styles of food. Yep. Um, I love uh, Asian food. I, I cooked a lot of Vietnamese. I made a TV series cooking through Vietnam. Um, that was the first one that I did. So I love um, Asian food. I love Thai food. I love that experience but also I've traveled in South America and the Middle East. So there's a, yeah. a very broad scope of, of the style of food. I think my philosophy really is about um, teaching people how to taste. And, and that's something that a lot of people don't really quite understand. Um, you know, if you, if you, with an old French cookbook, it might say, um, adjust the seasoning to suit your taste. Well, what does that mean if you don't know how to taste? So by, with this book, Tasting, that I wrote, it's about um, a balance of hot, sweet, salt, sour. We all experience that when we eat our sushi, mm -hmm. but it's about applying that theory to all types of cuisine. Um, and it's about saying, well, the opposite of hot is sweet, so you have to have those two in balance. The opposite of salt is sour, so you have to have that in balance. But that salt and sour doesn't have to be Asian. It could be Parmesan cheese and rocket and roasted red peppers in a balsamic dressing you know, you've got a very Mediterranean salad, but you're going to have all those balances of hot, sweet, salt, and sour. Yeah, okay. sure. So that philosophy is something that I teach to everyone. I bring to every uh, food group, whether it's a restaurant or some uh, manufacturers in a, in a factory developing vegan ranges of sausages. It could be anything, um, but that theory comes down to it. So what it results in is a very vibrant, 
exciting um, three-dimensional taste. It kind of is a taste explosion in your, in your mouth. All your taste buds are stimulated. And so that really is my philosophy. It's about creating uh, the most delicious experience that you can have on a flight. Sure. You've written quite a few books. Yeah, um, six now. So I guess what's that process like? This isn't necessarily relevant to, to I guess, the role that you're potentially looking for, but I think it, it'll be quite interesting for anyone listening regardless. Like, is there a specific process that you take from idea right through to completion, or is it fairly organic? Um, the process is that you've, you've really got to kind of brainstorm to start with, and that's a, a very kind of exciting process. You fill up lots of notebooks. Um, you just kind of write. And it's, I trained as a designer before I became a chef, so I'm very interested in, in, in how we eat and you know, where we eat and the table and the chairs and all those kind of things. I'm interested in the whole lot, the type of knife and fork. I'm always interested in companies that are innovative with packaging or trying to be incredibly environmental and creating edible plates or those sorts of things. Mm. I think that the whole thing encompasses together. So from a training as a designer, you'd often be given a brief of designer chair. So you've got to kind of brainstorm pages and pages of, of ideas until you kind of start to form things. So, yeah. you know, often with a book, um, it might be that the publisher wants to set the, the theme. Um, when I did a book about street food, they said... Um, well, we want a recipe list. And I said, well, I can't give you the recipe list because I haven't been there yet. I don't know what I'm going to find. I said, I know a lot about Southeast Asia, but I don't know very much about South America. So in order for me to write a book about world street food, I need a, um, uh, an advance that can pay me to travel around in South America. So yeah. I went to 14 countries to go and eat. I went to um, Chile, Ecuador, Argentina, Brazil, Mexico, Morocco, Sicily, Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, Turkey, Thailand, Vietnam, Singapore to, to eat myself stupid. And so right. I would go to Singapore and find these amazing street food dishes. And then, so now I can give you a list of what I think should be in this chapter. Yeah. So it is quite an organic process, but it's also just trying to formulate um, you know, delicious flavour combinations without kind of being repetitive from exactly what you did the last book or two books before that or, or that kind of thing. You don't yeah. want to just trot out the same stuff. So I'm working on a book at the moment which is very much focused on a kind of healthy um, healthy living, which, you know, lots of people are interested in. Um, so there are going to be some vegan dishes. There's going to be some vegetarian. There are going to be some gluten-free. There are going to be some um, sustainable fish. There are going to be some organic meat. There's going to be a whole uh, thing. But it's, you know, looking at... Um, you know, food trends, what's popular, what's what's interesting, what people are doing around the world, and then also what you like. You know, a grilled broccoli salad with roasted walnuts and some crumbled goat's cheese. Well, could you make that vegan? Well, yes, maybe you could. Um, so it's a, it is an organic process, and you've got yeah. to kind of um, work in terms of so you're not repeating. Um, but I find that very easy because I've travelled a lot, and so, you know, sometimes you're looking... To more Indian flavors or more Middle Eastern flavors or more South American flavors or you're you know you suddenly hear that there's lots of stuff going on in Peru so you kind of I'm, I'm interested in a, in, a, in a global food concept of um, of how people eat and and ultimately it comes down to accessibility yeah and that's something that's really important when I did my street food book it's all very well to tell a lovely story of canoeing up the west side of the 
Mekong in the rainy season to pick some extraordinary herb from a village. But if you put it in a recipe, no one will cook it because they can't find the herb. So you've got to be able to get that herb in your local supermarket. Now, whether mm. that's in Australia, you know, Woolworths or Coles or RGA or Harris Farm or in England, the, the, the alternative um, supermarket. So you've got to be able to buy it. Otherwise, you've, it's just this kind of ego writing this kind of story but it's, it becomes a coffee table book as opposed to a book that's mm. used. Does that come back to process as well in your perspective because there, there would be many that would look and I'm probably guilty of that having uh, more coffee table cookbooks than I do actually uh, that, practice cookbooks because that, the process um, is sometimes hard. Yeah that's um, that's very very true I mean I, I did a my recent book is called Thai Food Made Easy um, and the whole point the whole preface of that on every page is it's got to be easy so yeah. sometimes you know you've got to be able to self-edit because otherwise you get this massive email from the editor saying this is too complicated this recipe is too big there are too many ingredients in this so you've got to kind of pare it down and you've also got to I ran a, a cooking school for for a number of years and we taught people who were kind of 16 18 leaving school we ran a course to teach them how to cook so how they could go to university and 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 uh, or work or leave home and start cooking properly mm. and um, so we did that and we would then take them on to a second course where we would teach them how to do a uh, you know to be a chalet cook or to be a, a yacht cook or that kind of thing so that they could take a year off and go and get a job somewhere in around the world mm. and learn how to cook and so when I did my first book I tried out those recipes on 17-year-olds and 18-year-olds who didn't know the difference between flour and sugar. Yeah. And at the beginning of the week, they were you kind of had your head in your hands thinking, oh my God, this mm -hmm. is going to be um, hard. And then by the end of the week, they're really excited because they're doing it themselves. Yeah. I like to give um, chefs kind of ownership and... Um, and responsibility for a dish. They're not just on the spinach section and they're gonna provide spinach to a dish when you need it. I want them to finish the dish. I want them to taste it. I want them to make the sauce so that they own it and, uh, and then they can get it right and then start cooking amazing food. Yeah. Why? Now, across all of that experience, which is obviously pretty significant, you've worked in a diverse range of businesses, obviously well-traveled. Um, where do you feel that combined experience would add the most value for an organization? Well, I think that for, for me, um, food is a lot more than just uh, being in a restaurant. Um, and, you know, I've got two young kids now, so the type of restaurants I go to now are very different from the ones that I went to yeah. before uh, children. Um, but I think that for me, it's about uh, food companies that are really um, interested, they're innovative and they're creative and they're looking at how they can be different. And I think that that is so important because there are great influences from all over the world. And it, it could be to do with packaging or it could be to do with um, uh, how people eat at home or it could be... Uh, it's a very broad thing so it's looking to, to companies that are um, wanting to be the, the best that they possibly can as opposed to just being the best in a particular local market um, because I think that that can limit mm. um, I think that um, I think that there are fascinating ideas around the world I think that when when countries or societies are really challenged by problems um, 
that's where often the, the best solutions come. So if you look yeah. at countries which are really affected by pollution and um, plastic in the sea, now, that kind of thing, that they're, they are the ones who are banning the plastic bags before everyone else and really trying to fix the problem because it's a major problem for their society. Yeah, sure. And so I think that that you know, idea with food is that, you know, is to you know, to be as ethical and as um, environmental as possible, to be more sustainable than everyone else, to have, you know, better logistics, to try and work out the problems and be, and to kind of throw your hat over the fence and be um, be bold and be brave. And I think that the companies that are doing that are are very exciting to, because there's a, a dynamism, uh, sorry, a dynamism, uh, they're dynamic, they're, they're, and that's kind of very catching. People want to then be part of it mm. because it's um, an exciting concept with food. You know, lots of things in England, like the, you know, the, the whole uh, sugar tax that has come in is, has meant that people really have to jump to it and, and cut out sugar. Um, the, you know, a, a lot of the packaging for sandwiches is now being made out of edible protein. So instead of a plastic film, it's made out of soy something or other. You know, the people are getting creative, and I think yeah. that's what drives the food industry forward. And I think that it's a very, you know, with my experience and my travels and my, you know, high-end restaurant experience and also um, setting up startups and fast food things and manufacturing, that there's a lot of experiences there which then lead to um, really loving my industry yeah, I'm, sure. I'm you know I've, I've been in all parts of it I've been on the coal face on the pass on a you know busy Friday night but also it's about the food experience and if that comes down to that you're a sandwich manufacturer that that sandwich sitting on a park bench eating your lunch is the best experience that people can have. Yeah. It's not just a, a filler that provides some uh, it rather insignificant fuel to your rest of your day. Mm. Um, you know, I'm interested in in food for nutrition um, and food for, for sorry, excuse me, food for performance. So that you're really trying to um, make the best food that is the best for your brain and your body. So that when you go back to work, you're um, you're going to do better work. You know, the, the company is going to benefit from you having an amazing lunch um, as opposed to some stodgy white bread and some rubbish cheese. That's not really going to help very much, mm. you know, in terms of your productivity. So that whole thing, and I think that that is what is fascinating is that there are so many resources available that then you can get creative and you can get exciting and you can, you know, people don't want gluten. So you can provide them with, amazing Asian Asian grains or ancient grains or um, they don't want to have dairy, they don't want to be have meat. Well then there's so much exciting stuff that you could do with vegan food yeah. without it all having tofu in it. Mm. Um, you know, so that, I think that that is for me what I want to bring to a company is um, my enthusiasm and excitement about food and the prospects of what that can be in, in kind of any form. It could be in a series of cafes or it could be a series of, of uh, ready meals or it could be a series of um, sausages. Um, all of those things are, are, are to do with how we eat. So mm. it's got to be the, the best that it possibly can be as opposed to just something that people don't really care about.
can you define um, the ideal role for you? Um, I'm very creative, and I love I love I love that creativity. Um, so for me, I um, I want to work with a, a food business that um, wants to be innovative. Um, and so I, um, I see myself as a very good trainer of, of chefs. Um, I see myself a very good uh, educator when it comes to uh, food and flavors and how to make it. Mm. Um, I see myself as a, uh, an inspiration in terms of where I've been and what I've experienced as a chef, which is, is pretty extraordinary. I mean, to, to be paid to travel around the world and eat, eat street food is, is a pretty good gig. Mm. Um, you know, to make a TV series in your, um, you know, early 30s cooking through Vietnam, um, there, you know, there's some very exciting things that I've had the experience of doing. And for me, um, it's about food and people. So I want to work with a company that's really invested and interested in their people and the people that they work with, um, that they're, they're kind of young and dynamic and up to something. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, that... That you know, when you look at kind of companies, I mean, and people use Apple a lot as an example, but it, it does seem to be a pretty extraordinary company. You do mm. see people who, who kind of really want to work there, um, and there are plenty of other companies like that. There are lots of food companies like that, and so for me, I want to I want to be part of a dynamic team that is really changing how changing the status quo, changing how people um, think about food and. Um, and also in a very hands-on way, I'm, I'm, I'm always um, hands-on making food. I want to fill up the fish myself. I'm, I, I love being part of a of a of a cooking team. Yeah. I'm not a, a an, a, an office person. I'm a hands-on person, and I think that comes back from you know my you know training as a designer. I loved making a table. I loved making a chair. Being involved with the projects, yeah. I really enjoy filleting fish. I don't enjoy making pudding so much, but I, I do enjoy filleting a fish. And I, I really, um, I love food. I love the subject. And I like people to get really sparked up by it. And and I want to be part of that. So in just to, to, to fully clarify for those listening, it comes down to sharing a, a commonality in terms of ideology, perhaps with the business that you're going into, as opposed to looking for a specific sector or um, yeah, business I'm, type like you I'm not looking for a particular sector or a particular business type because I've had a lot of experience in all of them um, so you know it could be a uh, a restaurant group that has a number of different uh, restaurants in their portfolio and so you're overseeing over a, a, a number of uh, different projects so you've got yep. that creativity because you're Mexican for these people and South Italian for these people and you know whatever it is um, or it could be that it's you know really shaking up how we uh, look at food. Um, so it could be um, in, a, in a development way or it could be in a, um, a, a product way. So there, there's, there's lots of scope and, and having had experience in all of them, um, I think it's all possible if, if there's the right ethos. So like you said, it's about the kind of um, uh, an exciting, um, creative, respectful um, inspirational ethos within mm. a company as yep. opposed to a particular product or a particular type of restaurant um, because it comes down it does come down to the people and, and hospitality is um, is fascinating but it's also um, 
it, it sometimes attracts people who are not particularly hospita hospitable, which is kind of quite interesting mm. um, because you're supposed to be incredibly uh, polite and can-do and nice to people, and, and then you're in environments where that's not actually following through on the staff. Um, and so, you know, for me, it is about the people. It's about the people. It's about that environment. It's about creating um, a platform to then jump in and be really innovative and exciting about food. Why? Who do you think's doing well? Who do you think, what are, you, are there any trends that you're seeing emerge currently that you think are really quite exciting? Yeah, I think the whole uh, kind of free from market is, is growing exponentially um, and it's doing that around the world. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm working on a project at the moment which is a, you know, a kind of very healthy but in a in it's going to be in a kind of fast food format um i'm i'm working um with you know i worked with a manufacturer just recently in the uk and they're a sausage manufacturer and they wanted me to look at a, a vegan and vegetarian range for them so you know they're they i think there's lots of scope there um to to create really delicious food which is uh, appeals to how people eat now um, and it could be you know there are a lot of allergies around and so you've got to be able to provide something which is delicious to that person who has that allergy and and previously it's been uh, mediocre at best and often pretty pretty dismal sure. for, for some of those people who really can't eat certain things um, I think that's uh, exciting I think that um, there's going to be more um, diversity about that it's not just Indian or Southern Indian, but it becomes even more regionalized. Um, and so that you have, uh, you know, quite particular flavors that are coming from particular areas of, of countries. Um, I think that's very exciting. I think that there is going to be, a, you know, an ongoing growth in, 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 in new ingredients, but the, those new ingredients are often being grown for thousands of years. But it's, uh, you know, someone will find a new type of grain that they haven't had before, but everyone yeah. else has eaten it. Um, yeah. And I'm interested in where food comes from. I'm, you know, in, if you go to South America, you, you learn that there are actually 3,000 types of potato um, and that they were owned by the tribes. And so it was only if you married into that tribe that you get access to that potato. You know, those kind of things, I find that fascinating. So mm. there's a lot of stuff there which is, 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 is coming to the market. I think a, an ongoing um, necessity is going to be about how we package food. Um, I think that's a, a big deal. Um, and I'm very interested in it. I'm very interested in trying to find the solution to, to, to those kind of things. Um, I think that also how um, the processing of food, um, you know, how we can make it cleaner and better. And it's, it's, that's no longer a kind of splinter group. It's a, it's a mainstream thing of, you mm. know, how, how can you take farmed fish and make it the, the best product you possibly can, as opposed to just a product yeah. which is on, on the market. Um, and, and those kind of things. I think that, that food um, security in terms of that kind of thing, that you know, people can get on their phone or their computer and they can look up what is in, in, in food very easily and how it's produced. And so therefore you can't pull the wool over someone's eyes. You've got to be more transparent. You've got to be more um, open up completely as opposed to kind of keeping it secret and 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 so then you can say well look we're the cleanest ever we're the we're the best we're we're the best because we do this process um and that's that's a, a huge growing market i think the um 
I think, you know, people can't, um, they won't eat in a restaurant every day of the week. No one, no one can afford that. Um, and so they are going to cook more and more at home. They have less and less time, supposedly, even though we're not milling our own flour or, or mangling our own clothes when they're dry, um, where we apparently have less time than we did before. Mm-hmm. So people want to cook at home. They want to provide the best that they can for their family, but they don't really know how to um, because they're not taught to cook in the same way. So, you know, brands like HelloFresh, Marley Spoon, um, those type of things, um, Thrive, um, all, all those um, types of um businesses I think are going to grow enormously where you can provide recipes and food to people and most of it is done and but they still want to be a bit in control they want to kind of hold the pan and, mm. and kind of sear the piece of fish so it's not about just a, a product which is uh, completely cooked and you stick it in the microwave it's about having some involvement with it yeah, sure. and I think that people do want that they don't they don't want to just hand it over completely because then they start to distrust the label and they think well it's not it can't be it can't be as good as they said it is because for whatever reason. Yeah, but sure. so, but I think that um, I mean, you, you said um, but before about that you have books that you that become a coffee table book as opposed to a cooking book. But actually, if you have a book that you really can make it, um, then you go well. Not only did it look good, it tasted good, and I made it. And because that worked, and it was really easy, and I could buy it all in the supermarket, I'm going to try the next recipe that I like the look of. And so therefore you do start to practice it more. And it might not be every week, but it might be a couple of times a month that you that you are actually doing it from scratch. Mm. And that by having those experiences of the the kind of part ready meal, the kind of food delivered to your house in a box, that kind of thing, that you are kind of involved. And so therefore you are probably cooking more than maybe uh, if you just relied on takeaway. Yeah. Um, and so then you're going to get more confidence and you know how to cook the piece of chicken and you know how to cook the piece of fish and so then you might look at Tom Kimes' Thai Food Made Easy book and you might want to make that dish. I can't make you make it but you, you're you going to have more confidence. Yeah. So for me, um, food is, a, is, is about confidence and it's about educating people about how to eat, how to taste, how to, how to get the best experience of food and so then that confidence grows and it's instilling that seed of what is good food? Now that comes right down to the type of sausage you eat. I mean, it comes down to something very, very basic. So why not make it the best that you possibly can for the budget that you have? I'm not saying that it has to be, you know, a completely handmade artisan product. It has to just be the best possible as opposed to just the cheapest possible. Sure. Well, thank you very much for your time. There'll be a fair bit of information contained within the show notes with some links to um, information on yourself. Um, and yeah, look, we'll uh, hopefully, hopefully everyone's enjoyed the conversation and uh, thank you again. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Wild Hospitality. We hope you got something out of today's show. For any questions or comments, you can find our contact details in the show notes. And please feel free to follow us on LinkedIn or visit our website, future-u.com.au. Massive thanks to Adam Bazzetto for his production skills. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.